Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. On following City's first home victory of the season, we can breathe a sigh of relief. A clean sheet with a shuffle back line and Sergio back too. So there's a lot to look forward to, including, of course, the Champions League. So to discuss that, I've got three guests, unfortunately still not in the studio, so sorry about the sound quality. It's not what we're used to in the studio. But the three are in no particular order, apart from my favourite first and my least favourite last. Um, welcome to John Stapleton. Welcome, John. Thank you very much indeed, sir. I'm flattered, flattered. Yeah, uh, and my second favourite, welcome to Spencer Dobson. Hi, Spencer. Thank you, Nigel. Hi. Yeah, and Nick, and Nick Goldstone's here as well. Hello, Nick. Hi, Nigel. Wonderful <laughs> to speak to you again. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, listen, back to winning ways. Um, John, how, how would you summarise that game against Arsenal? Let's, let's get straight on to it with, with the, the win against Arsenal at the weekend. How, how would you summarise that? I thought it was very encouraging, Nigel. And uh, obviously, like you, as you said already, the fact we maintained a, a clean sheet was uh, a great breakthrough. I thought the defence was, was very reassuring. Diaz, I thought, played a blinder. I thought the back three worked well. Walker slotted in nicely in the middle of the park. I wasn't you know, overexcited about the arrival of Nathan Ake. I thought he's a good player, but I think he was sensational. But I have to say, I've not seen him put a foot wrong so far. And, and Cancelo, again, uh, you know, very impressive. So it's just great to sort of dig in there and hold on to that 1-0 lead. It wasn't the most exciting game, particularly in the second half. But, you know, it was a victory and a clean sheet. So... Yeah, good stuff. All right, Spencer Walker playing in this uh, what looked like a back three to me. I think uh, uh, so. The, a lineup that I wasn't expecting. I have to say, how, how did you see it? Yeah, I mean, I was I was sort of looking at the line, trying to work it out. Really, uh, I, I think it was I think it was three 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 one, wasn't it? Um, at least that's how it seemed to me at the beginning. 
Um, and um, it seemed to work really, really well. I don't think that's a formation I've actually seen before. Uh, but I thought um, there were some really good performances all round. And actually, I really, I'm really starting to like Cancelo a lot. I mean, uh, everybody put in, you know, six or seven performances, but I thought he was playing really well. I thought Walker had a great game. I think Diaz really does look the real deal. Um, I know he's only played two games, but he looked very, very uh, assured at the back. Um, and really only positives to take from the whole game. Um, I really enjoyed it. And uh, along with, um, you know, other things from other teams, uh, I feel much happier this week than, than I did last week. I think that probably speaks for all of us. <laughs> and the other thing, Nick, of course, is a lot, lot has been said. Every time we play Arsenal, of course, everybody talks about the fact that uh, Arteta knows the City dressing room. He'll know the tactics that Pep's going to play. And, and, of course, they've also been on a pretty fine run as well since the start of the season. So I think encouraging all round that we were able to get over the line against a, a resurgent Arsenal under, under Arteta. Yeah, Arsenal were uh, professional. And they were well drilled. Um, they played like uh, a team managed by a um, a uh, by by someone who learned at the feet of of the master. But uh, I thought the the one word that came through for me about about our performance was professional. Just just that, just fantastically professional, uh, competent organized and um, just, you know, doing the right things. All good. Uh, and Nick, just sticking with you, do you want to just add to what John said about sort of some of the new boys in particular and, and what you've seen from uh, the new signings? Um, impressed as John's been as well? Yeah, I think, um, I think these guys at the back, Diaz and Ake, they glide. They they've just got a grace. They've got a, they've they've got time. They've got brains. They they look like they've been part of the squad for longer than they have, and they're very impressive. Um, Cancelo is you know if he's going to keep playing like he has done since middle of the summer post lockdown when he put in a few good performances. Um, and how he played at the weekend, then he's almost as good as a new signing because he's, you know, I don't know what I don't know what happened to him in his in his in his initial stint at the club because he didn't get a lot of time playing, and when he did, he didn't look especially impressive. But he's come back as a again a, a graceful player with time, with thoughtfulness, with understanding. Um, and he's got a calmness to him that's exactly what we need. And he looks like a new signing. I think the other thing I'd add, and yeah. you know, if I can, if I can chip sure. in, is about Ake, sure. is his versatility. I mean, you know, he can play uh, in the centre of defence, he can play left-back. Mm. And I, for one, well, let's put this as politely as I, as I can, <laughs> uh, I don't regard uh, the absence of, of uh, Mr Mendy as a, a major concern, quite frankly, as long as we've got someone like Ake there to, to, to stand in for him. Or, indeed, I personally will put him there uh, as a first choice every week. Absolutely. Oh, I agree with that. Definitely. Spencer, Definitely. a lot of people have been talking as well as uh, agree with everything that's been said by, by the two guys. Uh, in terms um, 
of, of our new centre back that he has leadership qualities as well. I think it's people sort of comparing him with with company and, and saying that uh, we've got a guy now who's uh, who's going to sort of be lead, leading the back line. And, and, and is it a bit soon for that, or, or do you mm. see some of those? Well, yeah, uh, well? Look, it, yes, it is a little bit premature, isn't it? I think the, the, the issue is is that we've been yearning for so long, it seems, for this player, and we've tried so many others. Um, to come even close to, to having these sort of leadership qualities. But we do seem to have found someone here. I don't know if you saw the, the his original press conference, you know, mm-hmm. sort of five-minute yeah. uh, first press. But he came across, you know, the 23-year-old, is a young man, but, you know, so self-assured, um, you know, what you need to know about me is I like to win. And actually, you thought he meant it. It wasn't just a soundbite. It really, yeah. um, he, he, he looks like it, and he looks, it looks like he, he walks the talk. So, of course, it's very early days. Uh, we don't want to be uh, jumping to, uh, to you know, um, conclusions. But I really do think he's, he is the real deal. Uh, and the, the other thing I wanted to say, actually, was I thought Bernardo had a really good game yeah. yesterday. Yeah. He's disappointed, really, for the whole of last year almost. Uh, and he was a little bit more withdrawn, but he had a lot, a lot of the ball. And I thought, oh, if we can get a bit of the old Bernardo back as well, um, yeah. that, you know, there was multiple positives coming out the whole game yesterday. So I'm really feeling good about that. Yeah, John, and, and I'd say Mares as well, Nigel. I've never been a huge fan of Mares, but, you know, that, that pass which opened up the way for the goal, the pass to Aguero and then to Foden. And I thought Mares played, played very well indeed and looks dangerous when he cuts inside and then hits it hard with his left foot. Yeah, I thought he, he had a good, take, good game too. Uh, can we just stick with you, John, then, and talk about uh, we talk about Ruben Diaz, one of the new boys. Can we talk about one of the old boys who I thought was outstanding, uh, and that's our old friend Mr. Edison, who yeah. proved to be a real shot stopper uh, at the weekend and, and some fine yeah. saves. Uh, brilliant. I mean, well, he kept it in the game, didn't he? Really, uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I, I think we've got a great asset in, in Edison. Yes, he's, he's cocked up nine again, but then don't they all will come on to another goalkeeper? I'm sure a little bit later on, which is exactly <laughs> the same thing, rather more frequently. But no, Edison is is a brilliant keeper, brilliant kicker, distributor of the ball. I mean, a better passer of the ball than than a lot of people standing in front of him, quite frankly. Uh, he, he's a wonderful asset. I, you know, he's another of those we. I don't know. I'd never even heard of him, quite frankly. I know he's in Brazil number two, but shows my ignorance, I suppose, in a way. But he certainly wasn't someone who was in, 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 my, in my head before he, he was signed. So, you know, well done, City, for spotting him, and well done for nurturing that talent. Absolutely. Um, Sergio's back, uh, four months out, um, giving line assistant referees a cuddle as well, which is nice, isn't it, <laughs> for her in particular. Um, John, John, uh-huh. good, good, good to see, good to see him back. Um, obviously didn't play the full 90 minutes. He was no. surprised he even started, to be fair. That was actually great. Um, so what, what are your thoughts? I mean, the, the, well, can I just do with that, that, that incident with the line, line no, person? Yeah. Please, the, the, assistant refer- the assistant referee, please. Assistant referee, I'm sorry, yes. Uh, yes, quite right, Nigel. Uh, I mean, I, I looked at the headline on Talk Sport, I think yesterday, actually, saying, you know, shameful or disgraceful, as, you know, uh, Sergio grabs the uh, um, assistant referee's neck. I mean, come on, for God's sake, you know. Uh, what, what he did, as far as I could see anyway, was he put his arm gently on her shoulder. Not the smartest move uh, Sergio had ever made, I confess, given the climate and, and the times in which we live. 
But there was nothing more sinister to it than that. And the surge said afterwards, and as, in fact, I've seen a, a former referee saying, uh, quoted today, saying, he's probably one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. He's just not capable of that kind of aggression, I'm sure, certainly against a woman. Ludicrous, uh, sort of ludicrous overreaction to a, a sort of non-event, as far as I was concerned, by I... members of my alleged profession. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that, was a, that was just ridiculous. But great to see him on the park. Uh, good run out, you know, I mean, almost scored with that header, didn't he, early on. Uh, turned well to, to, to get, get his head on it at all, just went over the bar. Uh, yeah, a good performance, solid performance, and hopefully more to come, maybe even on Wednesday against Porto. I mean, just sort of doing my, my job properly, and playing devil's advocate slightly with you, John, that he shouldn't be touching officials. I mean, it's you don't no, go up and, you, and, and he shouldn't be doing that. And whether it's a female or a male official, it's kind of irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Now, I, he shouldn't be touching point, the officials. I take your point, Nigel and I did say not the smartest movie he's ever made. But, you know, a little bit of discretion, a little bit of common sense has to be applied from time to time. And I think on this occasion, the referee uh, applied that discretion and common sense. He was, you know, he, he realized it was clearly not a malicious sort of move on his part or, or a violent, any way a violent move on his part. Uh, and to have punished him for that, I think, would have been, quite frankly, ludicrous. Spencer, not the smartest move from Sergio. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I must say it, it falls into the same category as sort of, uh, you know, sort of ripping your shirt off away. And actually, it's a little bit worse than that. Uh, he shouldn't have done that. And, um, you know, the fact it was a female uh, left him open to uh, a greater criticism. Uh, and he just simply shouldn't have done it. I actually don't think it's that relevant, whether he's a nice guy or whether it was, you know, uh, a sort of player with a different sort of reputation doing that. But it, it was clearly an innocent gesture. It was in the moment, um, context and body language told us all of that. But he, he really shouldn't do that. And I, 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 could have, I would have understood if, if a little bit of action had been taken there, even though we know there was nothing in it. Uh, Nick, moving away from the, the arm round the shoulder, but sticking with Sergio, we, we've got a, an interesting situation coming up. You know, he's what, going to be 33, 34. Uh, his contract comes up, I think, next summer. Um, it's kind of, you know, do we stick or twist, all-time record goal scorer. He's going to be playing less games, but, you know, he's getting more injuries. Just your thoughts on that kind of conundrum. If you were there, sitting there, agreeing the strategy with Sergio Aguero, would you be in the camp of, let's sit down with him, let's do another year, or would you be looking for uh, going for a more youthful option and just saying thank you, we'll build your statue and, and name the training ground and do whatever else you want, Sergio, for all you've done for us. Where, where do you sit on that, uh, Nick? Nigel, really. Are you asking me a serious question? I think you're just trying to be controversial. I'm not. Whatever I'm Sergio, whatever, whatever, whatever Sergio Aguero wants to do in the best interests of himself and the club. Uh, should be done. And that is clearly going to be that his exit is managed in such a way that he departs with the grace and the appreciation that he deserves, that he does not stay too long, that he does not leave too early, that the timing is right, and that he gets the send-off that he deserves at the right time. And whether that's at the end of this season, possibly, at the end of next year, possibly, I don't know. Um, but there's, there's, there's very little, actually, more important over the next 12 to 24 months. 
for the club as a whole than than getting that decision right because that's that's a more longer term sort of decision in terms of managing the exit of one of you know probably one of the top two three four greatest players that's ever played for City than any than any trophies that are won or not won in that period of time uh, and because his his legend his memory <laughs> will endure for many many years. Um, and the only thing that's important is to get it absolutely right. Mm. But John, another year, or I mean, Andre, oh yeah, year, I can, can, we stick another year on his contract. And, completely, any time, yeah. whatever he wants. I, I completely agree. And he's, he's only just thirty-two. I think his birthday. I looked it up earlier on. His birthday's in June, so uh, yeah, he'll be, be just thirty-three next year. I think there's at least another year or two in him if he wants. If he wants to do it, and I, I personally would be delighted. He got Jesus, you know, coming up behind him, perhaps, and maybe. Room for one another. I mean, this kid Dilap looks a good prospect too, doesn't he? So yeah. there's plenty of competition to keep him on his toes, and I think he probably enjoys that. I, I, I mean, he, let's not forget, you know, he, he scored more goals for us than, than any, anybody in history. He's a fantastic player. He's the best centre forward in the, in the world, in my view, and certainly has been. No, he's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Whatever he wants to do, fine by me. Fantastic. Um, Spencer, can, can we just talk about injuries? We've, we've touched on injuries a little bit. Obviously, Sergio is only just back. Laporte was a bit of a surprise. We were expecting him there, weren't we, to sit alongside Diaz in the centre of that defence. We were all, I think, surprised to, to, to find out he's wasn't fit. And I think Pep said a, a week to 10 days. Mendy, who's yeah. only been mentioned briefly, is out for another month. We know, obviously, KDB is still not back. Gabriel Jesus. This is, you know, this is a... a a big deal, isn't it? Particularly, Barry and I also had illness as well, of course. I think three players with COVID as well, so they're kind of coming back to full fitness as well. It's uh, put, put that together with the delayed start. It's not exactly an ideal situation to be in, just a handful of games in, is it? Well, no. I mean, I, I, you know, we'll never really know if all of that contributed to our, uh, let's put it, slow start to the season. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of changes that happen, aren't there, in the, uh, when the, uh, until the season settles down. Um, I don't think we can really ever complain that we haven't got a deep enough squad. I mean, there was, uh, I can't remember how many changes there were for the Arsenal game. Five, was it? Um, but we have got um, a big enough squad that ought to be able to, to handle injuries. I mean, there was the point made, wasn't there, with, um, you know, training methods and so on, and, 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 and do they contribute to, uh, in, 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 in the macro, uh, the number of injuries that we have had. But I, I can't believe that that's, that has relevancy. Um, I think it comes down to individual players. Um, uh, Sergio does he, he does pick up injuries, and when and when they they happen, they can be long-standing. Uh, we know we've had you know KDB was out for a lot of last season, and so on. I, I don't think really we can that charge can be made that that, that should really be impacting our, our overall performance levels. But I, I do think going back to Sergio that. It should be about his performances on the pitch. He's still um, a wonderful, uh, world-class player. Uh, he'll get his statue anyway. But I do think that you have to um, allow for his performance level in making the decisions whether to um, extend his contract. Um, and I, I think kind of Pep alluded to the same, but whether that was motivation talk uh, after the game yesterday. But I do think that's a relevant criteria as well. Okay. Um... Can we talk about... Um, Can I say something bit? on the injuries, Nigel? Yeah, of course. John. Do you mind? Course. I, I mean, I, I feel quite strongly about this. 
Well, yeah, we've had some bad luck with injuries. I don't know what, what it's training or what, or what it is. We've had, we've had a, a lot of them. And it's just been said, you know, we've got a big squad, so we can't really we can't complain too much. But one thing I do complain about is this. Our best player, Kevin De Bruyne, is out, certainly for the next game and maybe for the next two games and maybe even longer. Why? Because he was compelled to play in some tin pot tournament that most fan, fans don't give a monkey's about, the Nations League or Nations Cup, whatever the hell it's called. You know, the, created a couple of years ago by UEFA. God knows why. Where was the demand for that? Did any fans want it, want this tournament? You know, Pep is absolutely right. There's too much football. These guys are not machines. You know, the, these these games take their toll, and we are once again paying the price for it. What what you know? What did Manchester City? What did Kevin De Bruyne get out of this? Nothing at all. You know, there, there is, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely no clamour from the fans or anybody else for this tournament. You know, this is just an invention by UEFA and a clapped out, and many people would say, corrupt organisation to generate more money for for themselves or for their own organisation. And I feel really strongly that you know, I think Pep is absolutely right. You know, you, you, these players are not machines; they can't go on forever. And we, and as indeed other clubs, are now paying the price for that. We've lost our star player for God knows how long. And for what? Hey, what's your view of international football generally, John? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm personally very much club before country and I don't get too excited. I suppose if England get to the semi-final of the World Cup, I'm sure I'll be interested and, and watch it and I hope City players get picked and score goals and stuff. But uh, I, I, I tend to agree with you. But, but there has to be a role somewhere. Where do you see international football fitting well, in then? Well, for proper internationals and World Cup tournaments, sure, and, and you know, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm not wildly interested either. I'm, I'm, you know, first and foremost Man City and, and the yeah. Premier League and all the other little clubs I give tacit support to as well, for, with whom I have some association. I'd much rather go and watch Oldham Athletic or Brentford, who is my local club down here in London, you know, for quite frankly, than watch one of these nation league games. I didn't watch that half of it because why should I watch it, you know? What, what's the internet? This is just an invented tournament, you know, which has not been not been created on the basis of any information at all or clamour from the fans. So internationals, yeah, I, I'm like you. I get excited when we in danger of winning something, uh, which has not been too often of late. But, I'll, but apart from that, no, thank you. I'd much rather watch City. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Let me talk about another injury, but only because it's taken so many column inches and on social media... Uh, it's just been ridiculous, in fact. I think somebody mentioned, I mean, KDB was injured for most of last season and, and nobody batted an eyelid uh, as far as the precedent, so as far as I remember. But we've got a situation here where Pickford challenges Van Dyke, um, uh, and it's been announced today there's going to be no retrospective action. Uh, what's your view? Because one could argue it was clearly a sending-off offence, um, and we've got now... 
I think, six officials and VAR, where in the old days we had three. You know, we've got a referee, two assistants, uh, a fourth official, a VAR referee, and an assistant VAR referee. And all six of them have looked at that now and have said, do you know what? No, we don't need to take any action, which, which in my view, is a nonsense. Um, and I'm just sort of putting my sort of view out there for you to, to, to respond. Nick, what, what's your view? That was a sending off offence all day long. And it wouldn't have been difficult for those guys to say, we've looked at it again, actually. And sure, the referee on the day, it's all about angles, players running, maybe in front of him, he missed it. But we have the benefit of VAR. And this is what it's been brought in for. Retrospective action, actually, is we're going to give him the equivalent of a red card. Isn't that the right thing that should have happened? And it's wrong that they've just simply stuck with their original wrong decision? Well, it probably is the right thing that should have happened. Um, but, you know, you know my take on uh, VAR, Nigel. It's um, if you have half a dozen idiots. Uh, looking at something rather than one, then you'd probably end up with an idiotic decision regardless. Um, and that's what's happening. Um, VAR is going is is clearly uh, just going to end up adding another layer of stupidity um, onto um, what we had before. And um, other than in a, a fairly small minority of, of, of cases where it is coming up with a right... Uh, decision in a situation where the wrong one was made originally, it's it's really not adding anything um, advantageous to the game. It's just making it more ludicrous, and it's frankly bringing um, the football authorities into more and more disrepute. Because in the past, when there was no VAR, they had the benefit of being able to say, well, you know, I was just looking at it real time and people make mistakes and everyone says, yeah, sure, you made an honest mistake and on we go. But now they've lost the opportunity to do that and they're just um, faced with the fact that they're making stupid decisions based on um, the the benefit of um, TV replays, but still it's, it's coming out wrong. So... Uh, it's uh, it's very sad uh, personally for um, Van Dyke that he's got this injury. I hope that he returns uh, to uh, to fitness in a matter of two or three years, uh, and that he adds greatly <laughs> to Liverpool's team at that time. But in the meantime, they will have to live with uh, the sad, sad uh, fortune that they have suffered, and frankly. You know, whether or not Pickford got sent off or not is really neither here nor there as far as that's concerned because, unfortunately, Van Dyke's injury is Van Dyke's injury. Um, the point, the, you know, the result of the, of the Merseyside derby is probably not going to um, decide this season's uh, title race, um, but that injury may well be quite significant. Um, whether or not... The, whether or not uh that got a red card is is frankly much less significant actually i mean, I mean the reason i'm raising it uh, and spencer is not necessarily about the the derby or anything else this is more about a statement on var you know it was brought in a number of people said you know, it will resolve all these issues and of course 
some other people, including myself, said, no, it won't. All we'll be doing is mm. criticising mm. VAR. And that's exactly what has happened. Mm. And here is a, it is just the most ludicrous situation that, and, and, and Nick's absolutely right. Yes, I saw it once in real time. And it's kind of, it's acceptable. But not when you've got six officials and VAR, and we've still got a situation where a player is not sent off for a challenge like that. That, and that's all I'm talking about. I'm not talking about I, like yeah. injury or the, it's just that situation is a nonsense and it is not working and is frustrating the hell out of me and always has and it's wrong. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with that, Nigel. I mean, you know, when VAR first came in, it was supposed to sort out. Uh, sort of black and white issues, uh, wasn't it? Um, now, you know, heart hurt for that. Uh, you know, I suppose a challenge like this is some shade of grey, but really this particular one was was black as black can be. I mean, it was it's unfathomable to me. I'm assuming that there was no relevance that it happened to be offside. That that was that would be irrelevant to to, to the decision. Um, it, it, just, I mean, just to come back on that, so yes, it, it, it would be, but it clearly, I think, has got in the way. It's kind of muddied the waters a bit, and I think has got in the way of their clear decision making. Is the only excuse I can give them. But but uh, whether right. it's offside or not, that challenge would still be punishable by a red card. No question. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I mean, well, also interestingly, uh, the Walker freeze frame uh, didn't look great, did it? But actually, when you saw that in real time, I suppose you know, uh, again, it, it shades of grey. Um, what can I well, say? You Nigel? You're not you're not trying to compare those two challenges, surely? I hope, absolutely I hope not. No, absolutely no, not. No, I think, John, I think that the it was clear. John, give it, give, give us the come on. You're, you're, you're the man here. Give us the succinct. Help me understand here, John, what madness. It's deep madness. What's going on? Help I'm us not sure I can please. do that. I know, <laughs> know for sure it's a terrible foul. I mean, Piers Morgan quoted on Twitter tonight as saying that uh, if, uh, if that had happened in the street, the, guy, the perpetrator would have, been a, would have been arrested for assault. Not yeah. often I agree with Piers Morgan. I can't, I can't recall <laughs> ever agreeing with Piers Morgan, but I, I think, he's, think he's right on that one. I mean, what puzzles me is, am I right or am I wrong? I think there's a screen on the pitch which the referee can go and look at. How yeah. many times have you seen the referee, having discussed this with VR, go and have a look for himself? What's that screen for if it's not for the referee on the pitch to make the final decision and the final judgment? This referee, as far as I recall, did not make that, did not make that little journey across the pitch to have a look. Why the hell not? Uh, well, it's interesting. I've asked this question myself in the past, and the answer I was given, uh, rightly or wrongly, I think I might have mentioned this on the show once before, it's, it's all about time. Their concern is that if every time something like this happens and the referee goes over and the time he takes to go over to the screen, the time it takes him to watch it, the time it takes to review it, we're going to have games, as people said, might happen, going on for you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes longer than they should. And I think that well, is their concern. However... In that situation, it's absolutely the right thing to do. But they've gone, yeah. not only done that, John, but, sorry, not only have they not done that, the day later, when they've had 24 hours to think about it, they've still come back yeah. and covering their own backs by saying it wasn't, we're going to take no retrospective action. That's the issue I've got, which, which yeah. is a nonsense. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I, I sort of shy away from these guys who keep saying on, on social media, oh, the game's gone. I don't think the game has gone at all. But no. this, is a, this is getting rid, ridiculous, as, as, you, as you quite rightly say. And I don't know why they just don't use and, and I've said before, I just don't know why either the fans aren't kept a, uh, you know, uh, acquainted with what, the, what, the, what the, the officials in VAR are actually seeing. Why can't we have those pictures as well? 
All right, John, you, you kick off on the on the next one. And if we, we're talking about the game hasn't gone, uh, but some people might say, what about 15? You're not able to use your season ticket at the moment, John. Uh, I know you're a home and away avid fan for many, many decades. Uh, yeah. How about paying 14.99 or 15 quid to watch your team play? What's your view of that then? Do you, do you know what the best best thing I read today was? The best <laughs> thing I read today, again, was on, I think it was on, must, it was on Twitter, it must have been, right? Newcastle United fans mm. refused yeah. to pay the 15 quid or whatever it was to watch Newcastle pay uh, the enemy uh, the, the other day. And they've, done, they've sent £16,000 to a local food bank. The £16,000 they would have given to... To, put, to watch that game, they didn't pay it, and they've sent that to the local food bank. And hats off to them, and I hope more and more people do it. You know, if we haven't got a game on, on box office for the foreseeable future, not one scheduled yet. I don't quite know what I will do if City's game is on box office. I feel quite, very well, not quite, so I feel very strongly about this. I think it's outrageous, and it's the Premier League who've instigated it. Sky, in fairness, it's alleged anyway, I've only you know, put, put the price up. To, to, to actually cover their cost, the, the component that covers their cost. The bulk of it and the idea for it came from the Premier League. You know, what credibility has this organisation got left? I mean, when they start doing this to fans at a time like this, I think it's absolutely outrageous. You know, I pay money for, to Sky, I pay to BT, I pay my season ticket to watch Man City, you know. And to, to start doing this after I've given it to, for free, in the early stages of this of this pandemic, I think is is so out of touch. I, I can't believe. Well, I can't believe anything in the Premier League. I'm quite frankly. But you've not paid for your season ticket. Sorry, you've not paid for your season ticket this year, John. Have you? No, I haven't. No, I haven't paid my season ticket this year. I, I don't think my, whether my season ticket is relevant. Is whether whether I should be paying Sky and the Premier League to watch this game. I pay my season ticket to Manchester City. Well, we've all paid Sky already, haven't we? Why? Why are they yeah, charging that's, us more? That's, yeah, that's my point. Simple as that, really. Yeah, that's All my right. point. Let, should we talk about some football then? Yeah, go on then. Um, we, yeah. We've got we, we've got yeah, we've got FC Porto on Wednesday. We're back in the Champions League, gentlemen. That's got to be worth uh, worth talking about, and it's on BT Sport. You'll be pleased to know. So if you you'll be able to watch that with your subscription, John. It's uh, you don't have to pay any extra for that. You've already paid for it, my friend. So uh, yeah, that's all right. What, what's your view, Nick? Then looking forward to uh, Wednesday night against Porto. Uh, well, it should. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a fairly regulation sort of a first first round Champions League game. We'll expect we'll expect a decent result. We'll expect a decent performance. Uh, I think if we play as professionally as we did against Arsenal, um, then we should get a positive result. And I would expect the game to be. Pretty similar to uh, to that one, actually. You know, a fairly technical affair overall. Do you know much about them, Spencer? Is this just uh, much time um, across, across across Europe? Um, I actually don't. I don't know anything about them. Um, oh, I'm struggling here. Help me out, guys. I know, Nigel. I, yes, I know. I'm really miffed. I can't go to Porto. I've never been there. Apparently, everyone said it's an absolutely fabulous place. I was really looking forward to going to Porto if we draw them, yeah. and we have drawn them. And now, of course, I won't be able to. I think there's a danger that we might actually, uh, you know, we're well, arguably, perhaps, we're a bit, you know, complacent against Lyon, thinking they were sort of not, you know, not that stiff an opposition. And I think there's a danger that we may fall into this into the same 
trap here in, in this group we're in at the moment. So obviously we should not do that. I know next to nothing about Porto. I just read this afternoon that they sort of they were they were winning and then they, I think they drew in the end at the weekend, but they let it, let it go. But yeah, you know, all guns firing, please. Uh, but in terms of, um, kind of, we've obviously got that game, and, and then Saturday the early kickoff we play West Ham. We're on on a bit of a roll as well, and sort of being sort of <coughs> relegation candidates. But now looking uh, looking like sort of the top six candidates yeah. this season. Uh, interesting. Same same with Villa, of course, as well. It, it's just funny funny times we live in. Uh, but just kind of your thoughts on on Pep's selection and what he might do with two games in a few days. With the Champions League, we you know we've talked about this enough on the show. The fact we've got to win the Champions League at some point. Uh, just your thoughts, guys, um, in terms of how you might change things on Wednesday and Saturday. I don't know who wants to have a go on that. Shall I kick off? Yeah, sure, uh, John. Well, well, I tell you what. When 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 he when the team ran out on the pitch and they started playing uh, 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 the weekend against Arsenal. Uh, Gary Neville uh, and uh, uh, the ITV commentator both said, I have no idea what's going on here. I have no idea what, what Pep's trying to do. And so, you know, if they can't get it, and, and I'm sure I can't get it either. You know, Pep will do what Pep does and probably baffles all, baffles all again. And let's face it, nine times out of ten, he, he gets it right. Um, uh, Porto, you know, any, any game in the Champions League is, is a tough game. And West Ham, you know, they're, they're the comeback kids, comeback kids, aren't they? I mean, after, I was watching that game yesterday with ten minutes to go. I walked away. Thinking well, that's all over. So Spurs have won three, and of course we know the result. Three all. Yeah, uh, I, I look forward. To it. I always love going to West Ham. It's a great club to go to, to go to and watch City at. Shame we can't be there, but yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Anyway. Nick, any thoughts on on the two lineups or what that might do, or do you just leave it in his capable hands as always? <laughs> I guess I guess his his options are, are relatively. Limited, um, particularly up, up front, given that Jesus is still out. You'd expect Sergio to probably play, play at least another 60 minutes uh, against Porto and probably start at West, uh, against West Ham as well. Um, but depending on whether Laporte's back, you know, I guess at this time of the season, relatively early on, um, we, we don't have. A, a, a sort of huge um, backlog of games, or or a huge number of games over the next next few weeks. Um, I'd expect him to be playing strong teams in both of the games. Laporte um, doesn't sound like he's going to be available. Um, you've got Fernandinho available. You've got Gundogan available, who didn't start at the weekend. So I think there's there's more. Um, options in 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 the middle than than pretty much anywhere else. But other than that, I would hope really that we play our strongest team in both of the games at this point in time. I, I certainly think we need to keep up the momentum in the league, um, put in another really professional and organised performance against West Ham, and make sure we get the points there. Because um, you know what we really don't want to do is slip up again, um, let, let the doubts come again, um, potentially fall a little bit further behind the leaders. Uh, I think this season where there are so many things that, that could go for and against any of the teams at any particular point in time, um, I think you really want to be up at the top um, as early 
and as regularly as you, as you possibly can be and let everybody else try, try to chase you down. Um, and um, I'm hoping that having seen the performance against Arsenal, um, I really am hoping that um, they've got the bugs out of the system. They've learned the lessons uh, from the earlier games and they're really going to turn in some consistent, hard-working, organised and professional performances for the next, uh, you know, X number of weeks. So, Spencer, when we reconvene in a week's time and talk, look back at the kind of Porto game and the West Ham game, what do you think we'll be reporting? Well, look, I, I agree with, with what Nick just said there. I think it will be sort of rotation, but I think uh, he'll. I don't think he'll play uh, an overly uh, aggressive game against Porto. It's the first game of the uh, of the of the um, the round robin stage, so I, I think. Uh, I think we'll have a win. I don't think it will be a big win, but I think we'll win that. And I think it's super important. I mean, we always do well at West Ham. We have in recent years, anyway, the last three, four years. Uh, West Ham are coming in off the high, aren't they? But I think I think we'll have we'll have too much for them. I think it's very important that we uh, we put, we pick a win up. So of course I'm going to go with two wins this time next week, Nigel. All right. Well, we'll, uh, I do believe that. Fantastic. This has been a great pleasure. Thank you to my three guests. Uh, to Nick Goldstone, uh, to John Stapleton, and to Spencer Debson. This is Nigel Rockman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.